What is consciousness? The live stream of consciousness is on a quest to unravel the mystery of existence. Every episode, we ask the fundamental question that has captivated human minds for centuries. Is consciousness merely a product of our brains or does it connect us to something greater? Explore the very fabric of our thoughts. Don't miss a moment. Expand your awareness and tap into the boundless potential that resides within you. Welcome to the live stream of consciousness. Hello, hello, and welcome to the live stream of consciousness. I've been practicing. I got to try to get to do that as good as Jesse can do that. Well, welcome to the live stream of consciousness. I am Michael Zinn. It is Thursday, July 13th. Holy moly. Halfway through July. We were halfway through the year uh, when it was June. I couldn't believe we were there. Now we're almost approaching halfway through the summer already. Time is flying. Um, I uh, am excited for tonight's guest, although he's not sitting in the green room yet. I'm hoping he pops in there soon because it is four o'clock in the morning where he is. He is in Vienna. Um, and uh, my guest's name is Raphael Keminency. Uh, he is a mystic, a shaman, a astrologer, a studier of all sorts of amazing things, and uh, also very knowledgeable about, uh, I would call it conspiracy theories and uh, unexplained phenomena. Um, he's just really, really deep into all of these things and can hold a really good discussion about all of my favorite stuff. Uh, I met him on The Fool's Journey, which is the other show that I do on Mondays with Brian Lahr, who is the Wizard of Oz. Uh, some of you guys know him from from this show, uh, where, where we started talking to him. And then I started a show with him to show off his artwork and to basically learn the tarot. He has a tarot deck that he created. I'm getting a text. Maybe that's uh, Raphael. Uh, oh, he's he's saying, when should I get there? Uh, I'm going to tell him to come now. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so I just told him ASAP. Um, in the meantime, I don't remember if I talked about it last time, uh, but I did get an amazing special visit from a the live stream of consciousness uh, family, uh, and that is, of course, Tim and Taryn. I might have shown this picture last week. If I did, I apologize, but it's always nice to show it again because there's lots of smiles and love happening there, and uh, it was a great day and a great moment. I got to meet Taryn, who is Tim's son, who we had an actual gender reveal for on the live stream of consciousness. Tim was a viewer of the show before he even got married to his beautiful wife, Sonia, and um, she got pregnant, and we had a gender reveal, and that was that was Taryn, and he's here, he came here. I met him. Uh, Wheelie, uh, I know you were early tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I've also been talking to some really cool people on StreamYard, um, so I'm excited about some things that are coming up. You might have seen it on this channel, because I, it, they're StreamYard based, and they basically uh, also, um, hold on, I'm getting a message at the same time, producing the show and, and being on it at the same time. Uh, nope, it is now. 
Nope. Now he's saying, is it in one hour? So I guess the time difference is screwing him up. Oh, and you guys can see that right there. I'm sharing my screen with you. I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but actually, uh, let me share that again, because these are the guys I was talk just talking about. Um, we met on this uh, app called Collab, which is a StreamYard uh, addition to StreamYard that they just created where you can meet podcast guests. You can get to be a guest on a podcast. It's a really cool community thing that's starting up. There's a few websites that are doing that now, and you can find a podcast that, you know, has a subject that you like talking about, or, you know, I can find guests who like talking about what I like talking about. But anyway, I met the guys from the Q4U podcast, Rob and Luke, um, and they had me on their show spontaneously, and it was awesome. And they said, hey, you know, we know this other guy, George. Uh, he was on our show. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to collab with him, too. And uh, we just all decided to get together and go live spontaneously. And the conversation is amazing. So check that out. Uh, as it develops, I will keep you guys posted. Um, I just told, um, what's his face, Raphael, <laughs> to uh, come on the show. So hopefully he'll pop up in the green room shortly and join. Uh, I don't know who else is out there, but welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are new to this show, uh, seeing me from the Q4U podcast or from George, George's podcast, welcome and uh, please subscribe. I, I, I was thinking about how I never, I didn't really start doing this for likes or views or anything like that. Uh, I just love to do it. It's my happy place. And uh, that doesn't mean I wouldn't like to grow the show and get more viewers and be able to do more things. So share it if you can share it. Um, tell your friends, all of that stuff. Uh, I don't even know how to promote myself. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to stop sharing my screen. I am going to uh, see what Raphael is saying to me. Uh, if he's probably getting dressed or something. Uh, I'm just going to let him know I'm here waiting. I don't know how that comes off out there in the show, but uh, uh, that's life, you know. I'm, I'm producing the show and I'm on the show. Uh, I have been producing Grace Gorella's show, which is really awesome, where I get to, I don't have to worry so much about being on stage and talking and keeping you guys occupied. I can just kind of operate it, and we actually do a live call-in show so she's a psychic medium and she takes live phone calls like dear abby kind of used to you know my boyfriend he's cheating on me or this or that or the other thing and um she gives a psychic reading right on the show live so that's been a great thing as well um but uh i know Raphael uh is here now uh he's in the green room so uh, i've introduced him already as a shaman a mystic uh a studier of many things, uh, astrology and all of that, and even some uh, more critical things that I want to talk about. So welcome to the show, uh, Rafael Kamensky. How are you doing? Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Michael. Sorry for the delay. You know, there's always the fun mix up with the time zones. But we're no here. problem. I love this so much because this is when my show becomes international. Um, and not only that, but I feel like... Uh, the topic that I talk about, spirituality and consciousness and all of that stuff, um, the fact that you're on the other side of the earth, you know, right now and, and technology is connecting us and we can share this moment, you know what I mean? That's just, that's really cool. So I, I love that. So um, welcome to the live stream of consciousness. It's good to finally have you. I was explaining uh, that we met on the fool's journey through our mutual friend, Brian, uh, Brian Lahr, who is the wizard. 
and uh, Ninja Kitty is welcoming you to the show. Um, and uh, just that I became fascinated with your ability to have these conversations about so much cool stuff, whether it be metaphysical topic or uh, astrological topic or conspiracy theories or whatever it might be. You seem to really have a good handle on that. And I can't wait to get into that conversation. Um, but uh, we got to take care of some business first. And those are the, the standard live stream of consciousness questions that I ask. Um, and the first one being sounds kind of big, like a big chunk to take off, but it's usually it's painless and quick. Um, and that is what is consciousness? What is not? <laughs> there you go. That I think that was the probably the quickest and most concise, least amount of words <laughs> to describe something that is so, so deep. <laughs> um, but that answer is really deep. Awesome. Very, very good job, Raphael. I knew you wouldn't, I knew you wouldn't disappoint. That is amazing. Um, cool. So, um, well, then let's get right to the second question, <laughs> which is, uh, I, uh, we get to, I'd like to ask you to share a story, a moment, a memory of uh when you realized that there was more to being three-dimensional than you know just kind of what you're taught as you're growing up that's a great story and uh psa how should i say only for adult audiences not because of any you know anything explicit simply because this is i guess the opposition to reefer madness you could ever get so the story is actually recounted in one of my essays on my website so it's very public, but you know who's who's reading anymore. Um, in the essay called "A Shift of a Shift in Perception," if anyone is interested, because of course you know these, especially if it's more of a sudden realization, it can be a quite shocking thing. So I would have to say that for many years uh, I had been already researching, you know, religion, philosophy. I was asking myself all these questions you have since a child, and if you don't just accept any answer you're given. And you somehow keep researching, right? And you read philosophy, you read psychology, all of that. So I want to say I was mentally prepared. But then what actually happened is through synchronicity, dare I say, I was never using, I was never even really drinking alcohol. Um, but then through synchronicity in my early 20s, I got around to a friend or a party, however you want to call it, and we were smoking weed of all things. And uh, maybe we did this for the fifth or sixth time. I was, you know, trying to deal with the energies that, you know, came up through it. And I wasn't really, you know, clear on that for some time. But, but very quickly, it happened that I was at a party. We were smoking, you know. <laughs> I mean, in the US, it's easy to talk about it because it's mainly legal in so many places. Of course, mm -hmm. here we have to ask also, why is that happening? And what are they doing to the genetics and so on? But that's another subject. Mm -hmm. um, so I was smoking that. And then suddenly, the best way I could describe it and try to describe it to my friends was like, guys, it's the matrix. So what happened is my field of view was kind of like skewed, like 45% to the left side from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And at least in that moment, it felt to me as if this is the proof that there must be something like an astral body, because it felt to me, I'm not looking through my eyes, whether that's true or not, whether I was just dizzy, whatever, but that mm -hmm. was my subjective experience. And also I could kind of see in front of my mind's eye, how uh, time and space are shattering. And also more specifically how my consciousness is connecting through and to this body or this reality through 
layers of definition. You can imagine ultimate source, then you put a first frame around it, which is the frame, probably there are many before that. Let's say we start with a duality or something or polarity. And then at some point you would come to, let's say, earth, for lack of a better term, then human. And then you could choose, you know, your parents, your social situation, and all these many more things. And these are all just, you know, layers of definition, like windows, definitions we are looking through, we are narrowing through. But it ultimately, the signal of our consciousness comes from the place that's farthest back, which is completely unconditioned, which is just the one. Um, that, and then I had another perspective, another view, and then I'm finishing up that story. I felt as if I'm floating over the earth or something. But I could look down and I could actually see a tree. And the tree was, in a sense, maybe in this life or in another life, the accumulated quote unquote wisdom I had. So even I got a graphical representation of having some kind of a tie back, you know, mm -hmm. to this reality. Mm -hmm. And all I did from that point on was not asking so much anymore, you know, is consciousness and all of these things, are they real? Is there something to the core tenets of religion in the most positive sense? But then I started approaching from the other way around, which of course makes research a lot easier, still being skeptical about everything. But if you have some direct experience yourself and it on I only got more as time went on. Yeah, so I would say this was definitely a- That was the moment. The yeah. turning point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. What's up to uh, Crypto Alchemist? What up, family? Yo, Bernie. Uh, what's up, Bernie? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hit that like button, everyone. Bernie, while you're here, why don't you subscribe? If you subscribe and tell me you did, I'll ring my bell if I could. Oh, yeah, my bell's over here. I'll ring it. Uh, what's up? Uh, oh, you brought a lot of friends, uh, Raphael. Awesome. Logan Rothrods is here. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to the live stream. I'm excited. I have an international... Uh, audience this is great uh and and they're yeah, probably american but it's fine oh that's fine that's fine too but they're, they're drawn by your international presence you're oh you're no sorry bernie is canadian i'm pretty sure oh there we go international like i was saying uh uh and tim is uh earlier i brought up a picture of tim tim is in brazil uh, so it's always international when he's watching um, and he actually is in the United States now and he came for a visit. So it was awesome. I just shared a picture of him. Uh, but so you said something. I just want to hit on uh, one question on what you said. That's a great story. Uh, it makes so much sense to me. Um, but you said something that I want you to elaborate on if you can. Jilly is out there, too. What's up, Jilly? She's saying hola, Rafael. Um, and that is you said um, you felt like you experienced time and space shattering like what can you describe that like i mean i guess in my mind i can picture it in my own way but what did that feel like or look like or i guess feel like to you i mean in that particular moment i think the few frames i got it wasn't like a full-on vision it was like almost like augmented reality halfway seeing it seeing it in your mind's eye, i'm not exactly sure mm -hmm. but it was almost like in this way i would describe it now that this was a situation where uh, also of course through the preparation through set and setting and then the catalyst i kind of allowed the conduit to my own higher self to be a tiny bit widened and already i was changing my diet and so on you know not making recommendations just for my own sake right so i was directed towards it mm -hmm. and then i felt like through this it could just reach out more and that's what i experience with any type of uh, catalyst starting from meditation it's just broadening that access to the higher self or makes that communication more conscious mainly mm -hmm. um and so then the image I just got, I think in that moment literally was 
I don't know, some chart representation or something. And I think really like a hammer that was shattering it. So it wasn't yeah. like a grand revelation. We were just like, oh, look, here's the comic book version of what you need to understand right, right now. Right, right, right. Um, right. <laughs> no, no, that, I was just curious because, you know, I, I've certainly had an experience or two that I've tried to articulate. And, and sometimes it's hard, you know, you could say, oh, I was bathed in light or, you know, like you said, you, you were floating above earth and you, you realize that was a connection to some sort of astral body, um, you know, because that's, that's really kind of, that's a very straightforward metaphor right there, right? Like, like your out of body experience, uh, kind of a standard way that you would understand it in, in earth terms, right? And in, right. in exactly. Terms. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, I, I love that. I think that's great. Um, and I guess um, that can bring us into now talking about you and who you are and you get to take the stage because you're so fascinating. And I'm imagining, you know, you, you said, you know, you're smoking weed, but I think it goes way beyond that, right? I mean, there's other plant medicines and, and things involved or, or is that is that it for you? I mean, psychedelics at all? Do you have anything to, what are your thoughts about, about that? Yes there is a whole lot to say about it in my particular case i would really say that the core realization was brought about by that catalyst and actually once you if i would contend if you really can feel that idea of the unity of consciousness and connectedness of all things and then logically follow through with it there's not, not nothing more you need you know divine synchronicity and your higher self will guide you which it always does anyways but then you can consciously play with that mm -hmm. and i don't think actually need anything else so i wouldn't be one who says oh you you know need all these plant medicines or so on but i guess the thing to go to best just because it's incredibly potent and now also has become popular which has its own caveats of course is ayahuasca mm -hmm. um i'm not certain if we spoke about this before but just from the the experiences I had and what I could glean from speaking with friends is simply that really you can in many different ways, you know, choose to go to psychotherapy for many years or you can do it quicker. There's other substances that can do it too, maybe even many different ones, but it's really always about, you know, how ready are you yourself, how prepared you are. Throws up over here. I don't know oh. if you I am still here. Oh, I, One, I, two, three. I, I see yes. it now. I disappeared. I don't know what everybody else saw, but you're back. So a little glitch in the matrix. All good. Yes. We, can, we can handle that. <laughs> yes. That's part of the part of the game. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so that's simply you actually can accelerate many things, you know, with many different substances. But it's really about how ready are you, number one, in terms of preparedness. And number two, how ready are you to let go, which is maybe even more important. Sure. And in that uh, in that frame, I just see incredible potential. However, it's also clear that especially now, because there is not enough education about these things. I'm also not one advocating, you know, like people think, oh, it's the one solution, you know, mm -hmm. but, it's but in my view, it's definitely part of the solution. And I'm pretty sure that's also the reason why it's there. And that's also why all, you know, alphabet soups are involved with it ever since Woodstock. I'm not sure if you know about that story. No, I don't. I, I'd but, like to hear about that. But hang on. Hold that yeah. one. Alphabet soup. Write it down. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, if you'd like me to say anything more specific, I gladly will. But that's like the my, my main idea. Okay. Okay. No, no, that, that's great. And and I, I love that you use the word catalyst um, because and, and, and I love that kind of 
you know, I guess it's, you say it's a disclaimer, kind of what you're saying, like, hey, you're not one to advocate that you need any of this stuff to get to a certain point, but there certainly are, uh, they are avenues. Let's just call it that way. And maybe I will share one more thing, just as we're on the topic of, of DMT with ayahuasca. And of course, he would also have to question why is it so incredibly popular, you know, who is a shaman, who is not. You cannot forego any of that. You need to do your own due diligence. So even if you would enter that, you know, with, you know, maybe even go to the jungle or something, it's really up to your own spiritual discernment, whom you even trust to accompany you in that. So I just want to say you're never really let off the hook. Yeah. And even if you have a very good experience, for example, with ayahuasca, you're also not let off the hook because you're the one who has to let go, which is hard or which is easy, you know, depending. Um, one more thing I would like to share just because it is incredibly potent in a way I wouldn't have imagined. This was recommended to me many years ago, but I only really came across it last year. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm just mentioning it because we're on a topic of DMT, which is um, a substance called 5-MeO-DMT, also naturally occurring, oftentimes, as I understand, I want to say harvested from frogs. But from what I understand, they don't need to die for it. So it's just a super potent version of that. Wow. And my not only my experience, but again, depending on the things I mentioned before, is in terms of frequency, in terms of everything I experienced, we could, you know, say weed is here, and then you have mushrooms and other things, and then you have ayahuasca, and then you have 5-MeO-DMT. And the interesting part about that is, for me, and also for from some experiences I had heard, there is not even any visuals anymore because with ayahuasca you get all these visions and the processing and so on but with this at least for me it was almost like the frequency is so high all that remains is a feeling and i just want to share that because there i even told the shaman even still during the session i was laughing you know, <laughs> and fiddling around a bit because it's very intense at least for me for my body it was very intense but very um, exciting and fun as well but I literally told him like this is the cheat code you know and we could say many things are cheat codes mm -hmm. but for someone who's ready and then again you will synchronistically attract the proper shaman and so on to do that I wouldn't recommend just doing it alone because it is very very strong mm -hmm. um, but it just felt like a great holiday you know just for a few minutes the whole not that you cannot access your body and don't know that you're here but in a way the focus is completely removed from it mm -hmm. and when the focus from all these definitions i mentioned earlier through the layers is removed all that remains is unity and unconditional love mm -hmm. which as so many mystics mystics anyhow say is the core of reality or poets mm -hmm. and that's just amazing that there is a way you experience it every day you experience it by breathing in and breathing out you experience it by meditating okay. but here it's almost like you're locked into that frequency right. for a time and that's just uh, incredibly relaxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's I certainly would imagine it's a different level of intensity than just meditating. <laughs> um, but I think the I think the cool thing is when you can make the connection between the experiences that you have meditating and those those experiences and see how they relate. You know what I mean? And almost say, hey, well, I can kind of do this through meditation. You're actually doing it to a certain level. You know, you're connecting to that source energy you know, on, you know, in a, in a three-dimensional way. Um, so there's a couple of things that I want to talk about with you again, because I find these, these things interesting, and you probably know a lot more than I do about it. Um, and this is related exactly to what we're saying, um, and also opens up the door to so many tangents. Um, and that is the theory that I have heard about um, 
mushrooms specifically kind of being a a trace of uh, some sort of alien entity that actually has a consciousness and and that's what's happening is you're actually communicating with this alien consciousness or this other consciousness this maybe like you said it's just this avenue to connect it's it's a conduit to connect your consciousness to the collective consciousness or to uh, let's let's not say the collective consciousness. Let's say a collective consciousness, because there's probably, in the way I would imagine it, many collective consciousnesses that make up the collective consciousness, right? Um, which would only make sense in the. I world. hope so, or it would be very cluttered, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you actually uh, sent me something, an interesting thing that I haven't really gotten all the way through, and 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 maybe we should talk privately, and you can help me get through it. Uh, regarding my connection that I mentioned to you that I have with Orion. And I feel like that's all part of this conversation. Um, so so let's go back to the beginning of that whole statement. What do you what are your thoughts on mushrooms and the possibility that they were are specifically here for that reason? Yes. So before I answer that, I'll just say one term, which is uh, brain hemisphere synchronization. From all that I understand, anything and everything we do that appears to be effective actually is harmonizing and activating the brain hemispheres, you know, mm -hmm. the light, however you want to call it, the bridge, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's that's the one thing, just to understand what the result actually is or what the, the gauge is. Um, with the whole alien story, uh, there's a few links I'd have to share now, but ever since, and I'll just drop the name here, everyone kindly go research yourself. If you're this deep in the rabbit hole already, you know, I won't surprise you too much with this anymore. <laughs> There's a guy by the name of Douglas Dietrich, who's incredibly interesting. I won't repeat all his claims right here, but he's just suggesting that oftentimes, um, maybe I had brought this up on the full journey also, is that we never know if we're in a cargo cult or not. Meaning that, uh, we can never be certain with the phenomenon we see and that are labeled alien, what they actually are until we can really verify them independently. Mm -hmm. So until that, everything's a great story. Even the nice channeling stories, which I very much enjoy, mm -hmm. are in a way just stories and can, until we can independently verify them. So that's why, at least at this point, I'm very wary of the term alien, also because it simply legally means foreigner, which could then be extended to many different ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and also, as we are not, ex I am not exactly certain at least, how large uh, this plane actually is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and whether there's things, you know, beyond places we're not supposed to go, like the Antarctic. Mm -hmm. So then again, the question would be, what is alien? Uh, what does that mean conceptually? Um, and just in terms of from what I can observe, the mushrooms, they are, as I understand, the mycelium, the greatest organism on the planet that is enmeshed with everything. So if there is even the idea of, you know, frequency resonance through, you know, the molecules that the idea that if I consume a part of it, and if you ever think about it, it's not just any part you're consuming. I'm not going into this further, but everyone can think of this themselves. Let's say it's the most potent part, um, or it is the fruit, let's say. Um, and if there is a resonance connection, then it would just make sense that it connected to some type of a collective Gaian consciousness, mm -hmm. just from the fact that these mushrooms, these mushrooms are everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, just if I interpret it on a very simple, simple uh, symbolic level, I'm aware that Terence McKenna brought the idea of the stoned ape theory, I believe, mm -hmm. which says that, you know, the apes and maybe the mycelium was seeded by aliens, whatever this means, the apes ate it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he will open up even more rabbit holes. I hope yeah, I, but I I mean, that's it's certainly an interesting theory, the stone ape theory. And, and there are things that you can say, oh, that kind of makes sense. And then there are things you're like, well, you know, who knows? Like you said, who knows until we can really prove it, right? I mean, this and it appears more as if there have been phases of quite fast or drastic changes mm -hmm. because as you were maybe where the issue with evolution for example with woodpeckers and all kinds of other animals is if they ever had to develop their in stages mm -hmm. you're dead after half a generation you know <laughs> you need to have something that's befitting you maybe cannot afford to evolve over thousands of years if there is a drastic change mm -hmm. but also for example you may know of i think his name is jason Brishaws of Archaic's channel. No. He's talking about something called the Phoenix events and the vapor canopy, which I cannot 100% repeat now because I haven't deeply gotten into it. But he's also suggesting some atmospheric changes. And that because of those changes, even potentially very large humans, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. then bore much smaller children. Mm -hmm. It's just an idea. But it also seems to me, from what I understand, that there have been more drastic shifts and the gra uh, gradual linear granular evolution in this way it is described seems more unlikely although we certainly do have that within one life epigenetically mm -hmm. so determining what i believe what i eat and how i act there is actually a connection and bruce lipton i think explains this really well the connection between belief systems a spiritual concept or mental concept mm -hmm. and your actual genetic expression which then can have an immense effect not only on your health, but your overall energy levels and who knows what other abilities that may be unlocked because although we have a genetic code, which parts of the code and how they are being read is entirely dependent on the programming we determine within this life. That is for certain. And that is the whole idea of epigenetics. Wow. Wow. Holy moly, Raphael. I have to like unpack so much of what you said. It's like, it's I, I, this is why I love talking to you is because I can feel your words, I could, they're like seeds that are germinating in my brain and, and I could feel them germinating and I could feel them starting to take root and, and I just can't see them right now. They haven't sprouted yet. So it's like, it's like that, you know, okay, something exciting is going to happen. I really, I, I love it. I really, I love the knowledge that you're sharing and, and it's just so interesting. Um, wow. Where do I, where do I go next? with my line of questioning on this um so we so we were talking about the 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 possibility of these things being left here um by aliens and connecting us to aliens um you know you've obviously had some experience with these things um i mean so i know there was a point where uh, there's a lot of stories of these experiences that involve entities right and again I, I agree with you i'm not going to use the word aliens right so all right this is what this is what i was thinking before what i was thinking before was i think a lot of humanity i mean i know for me i'm at this point in in my life where i'm exploring things like kind of like you uh, i don't think i've dug as deep as you have but let's just talk about the idea of seeing myself uh, seeing a reflection of myself in others right that's something that's that's come to me right and that's it's such an amazing plateau right in this journey because it's it's it definitely feels like a step towards unconditional love 
um, as, as you start to start to able to see people and and not understand why other people are like picking on other people. Like, why does everybody insist on like talking about what they don't like about other people or what this person's trying to do or what that person's trying to do instead of just focusing on being themselves, right? I mean, that's what I think the key is. So this and always ask yourself, how would you talk uh, to your own child? You know, if you were the perfect parent, and this is the way you should should quote unquote can talk to everyone, even adults, because most still are children. <laughs> totally, totally. That you know what, and I don't think I've ever discussed this with you, but you you opened up a little door in my mind to one of my thoughts about uh, unconditional love, and that is, um, and it's something that helped me, and that is, and I don't I don't have a child. I never had a child. But I have nephews and nieces. I, I have a, a sister that was born when I was, you know, 10 or 11 years old. So I experienced, you know, some some things there. Um, and that is looking in the mirror at yourself. I always felt like unconditional love was looking at yourself as if you were looking at your child. Like the same way you would, I would imagine that I would look at my child if I had one. I feel like I would only see the purest love and that's what you should see in the mirror and and you know I, when i made that realization i didn't see that in the mirror and i think that's what made me realize it i was like i don't think i love myself i didn't know you know what i mean that i didn't love myself even that is a, a plateau right um and and i worked on it and there came a point where i was able to look in the mirror and and feel that And it was it was super super important. It was a super super plateau. Um, but then, as I said, moving forward in the last bunch of years, I really am able to. And it's not a hundred percent of the people that I run into, but a good you know ninety ninety five percent of the people I run into, I see some sort of reflection of myself in. Um, and that's a real uh, for me. That's a real happy way to exist. You know. Um, it's, it makes life easier, you know, in, in some ways. So the reason I'm talking about that and, and all of that is kind of setting this up. Like, I think a lot of people don't even understand what I'm talking about, right? You do. But I think there's a lot of people who have, have yet to get there. Um, and the, the beginner level word for this would be empathy. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people are starting to experience that and understand that, which is amazing. And I think that's part of why people you know why i'm here to do something like this to help people understand that you know what i mean um but anyway so we were talking about and again i, I don't like to use the word like you don't these alien entities imagine being able to see your reflection in these alien entities and i'm imagining that's almost like what a dmt experience is Well, that's a that's a good question. So many people report, uh, you know, through using different substances, you know, of how do you call it, mechanical elves and so on. There are certain recurring themes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I even had individuals in contact with the DMT catalyst without knowing anything about it, telling me about fools on the first level. Mm -hmm. So this is incredibly interesting also with the tarot, how especially on the astral realms, even if you don't know any details about it certain archetypes just keep showing up so it's it's entertaining and i'm really looking forward when this can be how should i say more open and just people more self-determined and understanding of how to deal with these things how we can really research to, and maybe map those realms as well maybe that's a futile effort to some and extent. they're working on i hear they're doing a lot of experimenting with trying to map 
the DMT realm, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, I, I always want to know who's funding it, but overall, that's <laughs> certainly, you know, it should be open source effort for sure. Right. Um, so that is, uh, sorry, I want to come back to your question. Yeah, right. So basically, let's say simply seeing your reflection also in things that appear different. So the most basic Star Trek idea of this would be how about an entity that is gaseous? How about an entity that is just frequency? You know, how about whatever? And um, I'm certain we can. And then where it gets really interesting is to think about what are the things for whatever reason you may still be judging mm -hmm. and then also see your reflection in that. And it doesn't mean you have to be like that, right. but just to understand how it is part well, of the entire mechanism as well, right. because only through that we can go out, get out of this whole, you know, victim, perpetrator, savior, or the fight flight paralysis responses yeah. and really get into this observer mode again because as all the mystics say i would claim that just because i have that's the most logical thing and also direct experience from what i can glean yeah. we are not our bodies you know yeah. and and if you really imbue yourself in that feeling also it would technically remove all fears all ego-based fears of losing anything, reputation, money, success, because it's just like you're playing a video game. So you're just playing for whatever high score or achievement or whatever it is that you set yourself up for, but none of your greater existence is in any way, shape or form really dependent upon this, this life. Although we can do many great things, especially I would say, again, if we realize that, because it makes it kind of super important but also it doesn't determine your actual existence. At least in German, they always like to say when you lose your company or you're losing your existence. I mean, what? That's just the next abstracted layer of it as if I was an accounting book or something, you know? Right, right, like right. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, totally. I want to grab my notebook here for a second and write some things that I don't want to forget. Uh, I just want to uh, acknowledge uh, a friend of mine uh, in the chat room uh william conway's out there uh what's up willie good to see you uh the massiveness of what he's saying is so hard to wrap one he one's heads around it means there's so much we have so little understanding about absolutely i mean that's that's a standard cliche the more i learn the the more i know i know less than you know i know less the more i learn uh and it's just because you're aware of how much you don't know as you as you learn uh and uh, i'm starting to not see a who in the mirror but a what um, and uh, it's wonderful work to have happening. Yeah, it's really, it, it really is, uh, fear is bogus. Uh, and that actually leads me to kind of the question I was writing down. So so with the, some of the philosophies that I feel like you're sharing here, um, do you feel like there is merit in this 3D human existence to raising the vibration as a collective to try to heal other people who you feel like you can help? I mean, in a very honest way, I would say it's about whatever you want to make it about. Mm -hmm. Because if it is true that ultimately there is one consciousness, however you define it, mm -hmm. everything happens within that one consciousness. Mm -hmm. Nothing can be lost. Any progress is completely arbitrary. Sure. But from a human perspective and simply from you know the basic, I don't know, installation that I have in terms of software, hardware, you know, you want a certain temperature, you like to be around nice people and so on, you know, right. you like to enjoy yourself, then definitely there is merit to it. Because if we don't do it, we see, we see how far things have gotten, you know, by right. ignoring trauma and all of that. So just from a very immediate, direct human experience point of view, I would say there's ultimate merit for it. Uh, 
firstly because you can improve your own mood by you know being in a good mood helping people i'm sure there's plenty of studies on this why this is so great you know pet a dog and feed a, a child and right. i don't know entertain <laughs> some adults you know right 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 some and a, a show um so that's the immediate thing then there's a systems theory perspective that you know everything is connected even on a psychological communications type of, of view even as we discovered i put on a show with a 1k channel and some of your friends suddenly show up you know so right. that's the other great thing and then there's there's the spiritual aspect too which is um yeah the world is your reflection so it's just then it becomes a very logical not non sequitur but it's a nothing to be contemplated further if there is a direct correlation of course i will do my best to have a quote-unquote positive impact in my environment because mm -hmm. that's the the resonance field which i embed myself in and which is also then reflecting back to me mm -hmm. so yeah 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 totally interesting so so now my mind is going and i'm thinking about kind of my own um experiences lately because uh, yes, I would also advocate for, you know, kind of the high vibrational feelings, you know, uh, com company and love and laughter and enjoying music and things like that. But there is a part of me that I feel like also kind of has compassion for concepts that I, I, I didn't, I don't relate to. Um, that I feel like are evil, you know what I mean? Like I can remember uh, growing up and just being like, I don't believe in religion, but I do believe in, you know, good and evil and even things like scam emails, you know, I'm like that, like how could somebody send a scam email? They must be aligned with evil, right? Because they're just, you know, whatever, whatever it was, that was kind of a representation of it to me. Um, but now um, in kind of my state of, of love and and what i call unconditional love and again it's it's a, a an ongoing process to learn how to really fully be that um but i do feel like i i there's a part of me that has compassion for concepts like a somebody who a serial killer let's say who or or let's let's take it less less extreme somebody who is just miserable right who who i would encounter and i would be like oh i really want to help this person and i would try to help this person and make them see things oh it doesn't need to be so bad and they just don't want to do it and so i've realized like some people need to exist like that because that is like you said that's a part of the whole consciousness like you know as much as there is the light there is the dark and you you can't it's not it's not about the light versus the dark and who's going to win because they they need to coexist um this although at the same time i would say there is something at least for each parallel reality like yours mine everyone watching there is like a collective frequency in a sense mm -hmm. it can also change depending on where you move mostly it's your own state you know you're always in your own room is one saying and i would agree with that you are always in your own room right. um and in your own reality yeah. um but i would still say at least for me the illusion of progress seems valid enough in in terms of like uh, aligning yourself and therefore your universe is holographically aligning with your values mm -hmm. so i would say having that attitude very much has an effect but one of the lessons also includes of course most important one of the most important ones is the how you call it in in bio in i'm sorry I'm, <laughs> i don't know the right word of free will it's invaluable 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 yeah invaluable. it's invaluable but also it cannot be uh it cannot be 
changed in any way, shape or form. It should not be changed. It is sacred, let's say. Mm -hmm. There is a particular term which is not coming up right now. Okay. Um, but this, this is referring to the idea that some people, for whatever reason, they choose to remain in whatever state, you know? So part of it can also be having the compassion of realizing the most compassionate thing I can do is wish you farewell. Because what I'm offering is not what you want to experience right now, for whatever reason it may be. Although, right. of course, I'm, I would also contend that many individuals, given the right offer and conditions and circumstance, very much would open to that. And if we organize society and our own lives differently, I'm certain that there would be a great change at the same time. Mm -hmm. But part of that process also includes leaving those who want to remain somewhere else there where they want to remain. Right. So... Um, just as we we can have the free will to progress or to change that is also you know a part of the game totally totally uh and tim is out there and tim i'm sorry to hear what you're saying because you are such a warrior he says i believe it but i truly hope we can heal that way since i had a neck and spine mri and was told i would just have to deal with the pain as it would surgery would only make it worse which is unfortunate but uh you know, I, I, that is actually kind of relating to what I was thinking in my mind. So what I was thinking in my mind were, was um, the idea of of people who are quick to say things like, you know, there is, there is no God because how could God let babies die from cancer? You know, things like that. And and I kind of understand, you know, the the simple interpretation of that right but i have seen way too many times people who have had situations like that in life and it has affected their life in such tremendous ripples you know what i mean like people who have you know had i, I know a woman who who had her son die from an overdose and she created this organization that when you go to one of these meetings of all of these people who have lost their sons and daughters from overdose and you feel the amount of love that they feel for each other it's palpable and and you see the smiles on their faces through this horrible tragedy uh, you know that there's a collective vibration happening. You know that that they've um, experienced that trauma and and didn't say, well, why would God do this to me? But took it and said, okay, this is this is for me to learn and grow how to love unconditionally and get through that experience. So, what do you think of that? Is that uh, does that make sense? Oh, definitely. And uh, there is one, this is actually, I'm stealing from Bashar or repeating, he calls it rubber band analogy. So the idea that the deeper you go into the negative, the farther you can fling yourself into the positive. Mm -hmm. And I would say, at least from a polarity point of view, this appears uh, correct enough. And even, I guess, from mainstream psychology or mysticism, shamanism, they always say, you know, the one who has overcome their own illness or trauma is the one who is the best healer because they've been through it even within this life. So sure. I think that's obvious, let's say. Sure. Um, and uh, and again, in terms of why everything happens that couldn't possibly happen is because, you know, imagine you have a computer mainframe with unlimited capacity. You're going to run every simulation you possibly can. So everything is part of it that you can possibly conceive of just because you can. If, again, there is ultimately only one consciousness, I can still set up games within it and say, here, I want to achieve that. Here, right. I want to change that. Here, I want right. to do that or pretend to be in that perspective. But overall, it's all contained within the one mainframe. Yeah. Nothing is lost. And just, I don't know, maybe more experiences gained. I love, that, pers no, I love that perspective. That's a great perspective. So um, 
one of the guys I've been talking to through StreamYard Collab, uh, his name is George. He lives in Hawaii. He's got a great podcast called The True Life Podcast. Uh, and he talks a lot about the psychedelic experience uh, and, and plant medicine and and consciousness and also great things that I love to talk about. He says he's curious to get your opinion on what is happening uh, exactly during a high dose experience. I like that question. Yeah, so I can only speak from limited experience because there is so many different pathways and so many different types of psychedelics, um, many of which, again, should only be used if one knows what one is doing, ideally, and is in the very loving field, I guess, is the most important thing, a loving place for oneself and, you know, with other individuals to assist if necessary, or shamans. Um, I would just refer back to the 5-MeO-DMT, also called Bufo experience, because for me this was the most intense, even though it's very short. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say it's about dosage, but it's about, uh, again, the way you're set up, and this then determines what frequency you can achieve. Because also many people doing ayahuasca, all they do is puke. They say they had no experience, it was boring, they just felt bad, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine that this is because it's your contribution as well and your setup. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's not about the dosage, but the frequency. And I would say the highest frequency I consciously experienced was in a waking state was with 5-MeO-DMT. Mm -hmm. um, and all that was left for me was, as I said, simply the feeling of unconditional love and connectedness you said that very was intense not a visual experience at all it was just there was nothing much left i had a few fragments of like mental constructs that i like uh, my ego deliberately like pushed in because it always likes to come and then it's pretty strong you know <laughs> um but basically in terms of default setting that was enabled in that in that state there was there was no definition basically and if there is no definition there is no limitation there is no separation so all that remains is unity yeah. and the unconditional love that is you know this ineffable thing we seem to talk about but you know those that direct themselves towards it they will understand what we are what we are I love to. I love that I understand what you're saying but I I have no idea what it even what it would feel like <laughs> you know what I mean it's like I could I couldn't feel that at all uh Tim is out there Tim says uh some, most of the best things that happened in my life only happened right after I went through my worst times, which is, you know, so a lot of times how it works. Um, and uh, William is asking, do you think you can overdo it? For instance, if I do a high frequency meditation every day, I get disoriented. I usually only do it four or five days in a row if uh, if not of not meditating in that way. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it, I think, uh, and I'm going to answer first, uh, and then I'd love to hear what you think. But I think, like, like, kind of like you were saying, it's it's really where you're at and where you meet it. You know, uh, you know, I mean, you you can um, you can do it because you think, oh my God, I'm looking for the answer, and I think right there, that's the wrong thing, right? If you're looking so hard, it's going to make it harder to find. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you got to be possible. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like, you know, for me personally, ayahuasca is something that I'm very intrigued about. DMT, I haven't done it because I feel like if I'm going to, I'll know, you know, I'll I'll, I'll be like, okay, it's time. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. Oh, of it. course. Of course. This yeah. is the main thing to always trust yourself, no matter, because uh, that's the, the big issue with any religion, any hierarchy, any, almost any problem we have in society today is the lack of self-direction. Right. So and that's one answer for everybody, you know what I mean? Everybody's answer is different, right? Exactly, exactly. That's that's what I want to express with that, exactly. Sorry, um, go, go yes, for it. Yes, yes. So uh, 
William, thanks for your question, but basically go with your gut, you know, and uh, you will realize what the best pathway is for you. And everyone can be overdone, I would say, just like physical training. And then it also depends overall what is the best state that I'm completely blissed out and can't relate to reality or that I can most effectively live the life I choose to live right now and have the experience I want to have, whatever this may be exactly. So um, any, again, any uh, judgment or any scale we put, even though I also like doing those things, is in my view completely arbitrary. Right. And, and that's awesome because I think that directly relates to this next question and also gives them the opportunity to introduce the other great guys that I've been talking to, uh, the q for You podcast. Uh, Rob and Luke uh, have a great, great podcast. They're two friends. Um, and I've been saying this, and I could be wrong, correct me. Uh, it's probably Rob out there, but I've been saying one guy's in Ohio and the other guy's in Oklahoma. And I don't I don't remember if those are the actual states, but they met on a, a job site. They became friends and they have a great, great podcast. They talk about all sorts of cool stuff. And we've all been kind of conversing. But uh, the question is, is this a situation where you have to believe it's working to achieve, which I think is is a very fair and great question. Yes, I would say it's it depends what you're conscious what you believe consciously, but it even much more depends, of course, what you believe unconsciously. So what beliefs you hold on to unconsciously because the beliefs are actually the actually the the limiters on your reality. Mm -hmm. So if you absolutely don't believe it, it's possible it's not gonna work. Um although, yeah, so again, it's I would say it rather depends on what you believe subconsciously, which can also be made conscious then on what you you know believe superficially if that makes sense uh, what i'm saying so yeah, absolutely. uh no, absolutely yeah yeah totally no i think I, again and that's that's part of the whole philosophy of you know you're you drive the ship man <laughs> you know what i mean you you decide what your experience is going to be you know uh and uh q for you is saying yes rob i believe so it's ohio and oklahoma it's the two o's that's how i remember it if that's if that's i got it right that's great because i'll use that to remember it uh true life george is saying he hears the q for you podcast is epic so i've got a bunch of people who are supporting each other in my in my chat room which is great thanks very good uh, i love that um and 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 you also i do want to talk about a couple things but i also want to promote you so let's actually let me ask you one more question and then we'll talk about your podcasts and all the things that you do uh which i believe can be found on your site which is scrolling at the bottom of the screen um and that is um shaman i would love like your definition of what is a shaman um uh, because I feel like a lot of people who go to take ayahuasca, all of a sudden, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to be. They become, become shaman. I, I feel like I've known a couple of people in my life. You are one of them. Um, and Brian is another one who who kind of exhibit certain properties that I would, I would think a shaman has as far as certain understandings and their way to express those understandings and of course you know with brian it's his way the way he can express his his telekinetic abilities uh with his magical effects and things like that that's just amazing to see but what exactly is a shaman like what's your definition of that so i think there's a hundred different definitions the first thing that comes to my mind is someone who can consciously walk or have a perception for quote unquote both worlds which actually are one in the same world mm -hmm. which does not have this strong artificial separation that especially in the west we're being indoctrinated into mm -hmm. and then ideally has you know whatever 
either ancestral lore heritage or other type of insight, I'm actually not a very big fan of like these traditionalist ideas because I can tell you even shamans coming from the middle of South America have already been Catholicized and not for the better, just as one example. Yeah? And they're indigenous shamans, it's mm -hmm. personal experience I had. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so yeah, this is this is what I would say. And also I think in introduction, you, I, I don't think I would ever call myself shaman, you know? Mm -hmm. And even here, I just like to reiterate uh, the idea that ultimately everyone we all have the same access in a way, you know? The question is always only how clean is our vessel, mm -hmm. how free are we of judgment and how filled are we with self-love mm -hmm. to be able to access, you know, or consciously recognize the synchronicity, the insight, the intuition, the connectedness, the knowledge, whatever it would be. Um, so, and also, as I said before, you're never let off the hook. So even if you would believe, oh, I found the great shaman, I'm learning all of these things through them. Of course, also, I would be very grateful to someone. But ultimately, it is always you yourself individually who is making any progress, any transformation, any understanding. All that anybody else even does, no matter how grand they seem, <coughs> is offer a particular frequency, you know, is offer a particular idea but it's always up to the receiver to synthesize it. Mm -hmm. And in this way also we can be most, you know, self-empowered and then sharing these things again and not creating artificial divisions, even though in many different ways also I would agree there's people with more knowledge in certain areas, mm -hmm. maybe particularly high empathy or skill set for something, however that comes about. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, I can't really talk to the whole pop culture side of it. I think it all comes down probably in the end to authenticity. And even here I would wonder to what degree is it chosen, like my personality or even my skill set? Mm -hmm. Or to what degree have I earned this in my life? Mm -hmm. Or have I only fleshed out something which is more what I feel like mm -hmm. of like, a, uh, I always see it like a role-playing game. You know, you, you play a role-playing game, you set strength settings and so on, particularly. Yeah, right what your character is drew it it feels more like i'm more discovering my character sheet and playing to my strengths that is the actual development i made and not so much that i achieved or so much improved on so any of so it's almost yeah no so no i like love uncovering potential rather than an amassing you know? right no i love what you're saying because i feel like a shaman is not necessarily something that you are it's almost like a philosophy right um you know that you're you're always trying to kind of know more and 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 that would be weird like what would actually qualify you to be a shaman like but it's not really it's it's just a lifestyle it's just a, a kind of a a combination of a curiosity and, and knowledge i guess maybe and then i mean potentially just relating to the word ideally you know great empathy mm -hmm. and of course a skill to relay those realms which other people have quartened off from themselves mm -hmm. and to show them look it's not so scary you can open the door you can go yourself i'll hold your hand whether it's mental concepts or a spiritual psychedelic experience or anything like that right. maybe that would be a way someone who can not really but in a way hold your hand 
or at least let you know you're not alone or at least let you know yes you can go do alone you can do it just keep breathing you know, you know so. I, I think we all do need that we do need that uh sometimes uh i've got my favorite new viewers here chatting it up uh the true life podcast is uh, asking what are some of your favorite books that you would recommend which i think is probably a great question you could probably go on for 20 minutes listing them but uh what are the what are the top five let's say that pop into your head that have really affected you okay so well, three. Drop... let's go with let's go with three i don't want okay to okay so i'll drop the bombshell just now and this is something i'm still researching properly so everyone could go to my channel check out the interviews so on number number one right now i'd have to put the quran <laughs> okay okay no no that, that's totally i had valid. never done research and recently discovered a few things about it that are incredibly revelatory mm -hmm. um i've heard that actually we would have all kind of worldly books i could mention one book i recently spoke of that i enjoyed was the starfish and the spider by rod backstrom it's about organizational theory this whether the story is exactly true like that or not but i think it's a great model because it really explains the difference between centralized and distributed hierarchies and i feel this is also the real playing field we're at whether we go more towards centralization or distribution and this can be applied to almost anything so it's i think a really great guideline to decode political systems and ideas and economics and so on and just see does it further more centralization or more distribution mm -hmm. and then to add on a third one that also relates to the same topic mm -hmm. i would choose frank herbert's dune which is oh. officially a science fiction book. Maybe I brought it up before, but in my understanding now, potentially even contains hidden and occulted history yeah. and many, many other things. And it's just a great book. There is even recent movies. The most recent one I didn't even enjoy so much. I like the older ones more, uh, especially there's a mini series called Children of Dune I can recommend. So yeah, let's go yeah. for Dune. No, dude, I love that. Those are perfect. And, and I love... Dude, you're, you're, I mean, we, we're already at an hour, so we got to start wrapping up shortly. But And I know it was 4 a.m. where you are. Uh, I appreciate it so much. You don't know how much I appreciate you being here and, and having this conversation with us. Oh, uh, but uh, we have a question from the Q4U podcast. Uh, would a moment of serendipity be a synchronicity or are those two different things? Uh, that's kind of a good question. I like that question. Then in this case, just to be exact, serendipity, because I know the term, uh -huh. but I want to see what I love, I love the way you work, Raphael. You're like, I'm not going to answer this question until I know I'm uh, equipped to answer this question. Let me, <laughs> I love that. That's great. Okay. An unplanned, unplanned, fortunate discovery. Right. And it says like serendipity that. is a common occurrence throughout the history of product invention and scientific discovery, or that is what they say on Wikipedia, at least. <laughs> um, so um, in, in this way, I would relate it in a sense that yes, uh, basically yes, um, in just in terms of synchronicity would be something you do not logically have to plan out for, but it's more of a frequency state and openness, self-love. And then you automatically attract anything that is necessary. And this could then be translated as a serendipity in your research or in your work, which something may have taken you an entire day. And suddenly someone's calling, the situation is resolved in five minutes, only because you love yourself so much that you say, it's okay. I don't need my big ego in terms of having it solved. You know, I'd really rather, you know, do something else today. And then these things can happen. So, yeah. 
totally totally great answer great answer uh and true life is saying beautiful i'm reminded of sufi the sufi mystics and their poetry when i hear about the quran uh so george is very much you would love george uh and george would love you and 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 dude i love you i feel like i feel like we've really we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg like we've only hit the tip of the tip of the iceberg uh in the conversation we could have but i do want i don't to know how you managed to only do one hour shows but <laughs> <laughs> well you know what because i feel like i feel like uh i'm i'm ready to receive more i should probably visit it and I'm, i've started to watch some of your stuff uh i'm ready to see more but i feel like you know, there's you got to kind of play to the lowest common denominator sometimes, and I mean, we do of some, some of the podcasts I do uh, at work at the studio. They're 20 minute episodes, you know, and and that's because that's what the that's what people are consuming. I mean, I know right. you know Joe Rogan kind of invented this long form content, and then now it's the short form content. You know, we're all just figuring it out, but I can certainly. No, it's perfect. I love it. I'm just saying I'm impressed. I yes, couldn't manage cool, cool, with cool. always only doing one hour shows. Yeah, I just look at the time. <laughs> plus, plus now that it's summer, I got to turn off my AC and I'm just dying of sweat. I got to turn it back on because uh, it just makes too much noise. But but you have been been longer. Uh, <laughs> true life. George wanted to keep going. George, I love your energy. Uh, on your show you you're you're kind of an example when i started watching your show george uh the way you're just so ramped up uh at your intros and you're like hey everybody i'm here it's like that's how i want to be but i got to be authentic i mean i'm excited to be here i think I, I think i do all right on my intro but uh anyway george uh i, I would love to go longer but it's definitely time to go to bed. Raphael's up way past his bedtime. What is it now uh, where you are, Raphael? Five o'clock? Oh, bedtime is another story. It's, it's 4 a.m. now. Sleep is a whole different concept that you kind of, you play with sometimes, I would imagine, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, Q4U is out there. Uh, they just have to give viewers a taste so they can uncover their own truths. Exactly. I feel like, I, I think a lot of people need to really start kind of being accountable for for learning this stuff. And you can't just sit there and be told it. You've got to really experience it and and process it through your own filters and, you know, uh, re redefine it. Right. I mean, I think everybody's got to kind of run it. Uh, Julie's out there. Love you, Raphael. Thank you. Uh, Ninja Kitty is thanking you as well. I again, I'm thanking you from the heart and and hoping that you'll do this again. I don't know. I mean, I guess. You know, you tell me when your sleep sleep schedules allow for it, or you're not sleeping. Um, and we'll just do it. It'll be fine. You can reach. You can find Raphael at like you know that's uh, Raphael on YouTube and I guess most of the platforms. Uh, thanking everybody out there. Uh, let me put you backstage for a minute. And uh, thank and you so much, Michael. And I will. Thanks everyone for watching. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. Wow, I I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. I got so much germination happening in my brain right now. I can feel it tingling in my head. Uh, Raphael is amazing. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed him. Uh, I will definitely have him back. Uh, the guys that I was talking about, by the way, uh, from the StreamYard collab, uh, George uh, on the True Life podcast and the Q4U podcast, are my next couple of weeks guests. So super exciting. Uh, next week, I will have uh, George on my show. And the following week, the Q4U guys who are right there. Boop, boop, boop. I got to get used to the whole fact that this is a mirror. So it's that thing right there. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I actually may have on my show 
Nitro from the American Gladiators. I don't know if you guys have seen the Muscle Mayhem special on, on Netflix, but it was pretty awesome. And Nitro went from a roid raging party boy to a spiritual yogi. Uh, and, and I reached out to him and he said he would love to be on the show, but he's got to pass it through Netflix first. So he's kind of probably in a contract or something, which is fine with me. If he passes it through Netflix and they say, come on the show, you'll see him here. Uh, I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate you for being here all the time. Thank you so much. And uh, I will see you next week. I got to go turn on my air conditioning. Uh, I'm going to run the old outro and peace. I will see you next week.